Let's talk about reality for a moment. In reality, political power in America is far too much in the hands of the elites. And if you think that's just conspiracy theory talk, let's not kid ourselves. In fact, even under the best circumstances, positions of power are still called top positions. So, I mean, what does that imply? The elites run everything, and they sure don't run everything well. You see, some Americans were, in their school system, never taught to think of themselves as a society dominated by a small elite class, and that's why so many people lost faith in the political system. They have seen that truth that, in fact, we are dominated in just the way I described, rather than it simply being we the people. We're told it's a free country, a free America, blah blah blah, but that's really only the case if you have enough money to afford it. And of course, when everything everywhere is about money, even a relatively wise, careful, and thrifty spender can end up struggling. People lost faith because they were taught that they were a country where anybody can be and do anything if they have the guts and, you know, a bit of luck. And possibly, as freakish as it sounds, even run for the highest office in the land. However, now it's just too obvious that any president and their close allies are overwhelmingly just serving millionaires and billionaires. Right? I mean, who would deny that? Who would deny that? And people lost faith because they've been led to believe that there's so much power in the hands of so few people. They believe the elementary, easily observable truth, which can easily leave one dispirited. In fact, politicians themselves know this and seek to capitalize on it in their speeches. None other than Joe Biden said in his speech commemorating the anniversary of the COVID-19 shutdown, quote, You know, you've often heard me say before, I talk about the longest walk any parent can make, is up a short flight of stairs to his child's bedroom to say, I'm sorry I lost my job. We can't be here anymore. Like my dad told me when he lost his job in Scranton. You know, where Biden is from. Still, while Joe Biden does his best to seem like a kindly old grandparent who's looking out for you, only the naive will think that he's not some Wall Street-backed president. Alright? Like... You're, you've, you've got to not be that naive at, at a certain point. At best, someone like myself might grudgingly admit, well, Biden's not as bad as I thought he would be. But that's mostly because my, ex my expectations were so abysmally low. And that may sound cynical on my part, but it's the, tru the truth. So how do we win back trust? How do we win back the faith of the people, as it is called, well, this is going to sound corny, but acts of goodness and courage, or what Greater Good Magazine calls moral elevation. Greater Good Magazine quotes University of Portland researcher Serena Saturn as saying, Moral elevation not only boosts our positive emotions, but it also promotes our love for a fellow man and inspires us to be better people. So that sounds good to me, you know, I gotta say. Sounds perhaps naive, given the situation we're in, but maybe we could climb ourselves out of it.
In addition to some of the ideas I've mentioned in this podcast, like boarding houses, cheaper free housing, and elements of a gift economy, etc., we will inevitably come back to that so-called practical question of the highest position of power in the land. If we were to have someone at the top, how could they recapture the people's faith and not just to abuse it and make a mockery of the whole process? I think one of the best ways is to run a candidate for president who doesn't toe the the political establishment's line and who is in an outright sycophant for the system. In fact, that's what Republicans claim to do with Donald Trump, but we all know how that turned out. He was right from the start, you know, another bigoted, spoiled, rich, corporate-backed candidate who railed against social spending while continuing to feed an already bloated military budget. You know, so they complain about spending on one hand, but don't care about it on the other, you know. So long as the uh, Pentagon is getting more trillions, that's fine. Plus, we have seen how the so-called party of law and order actually worked to overthrow the election, subvert the U.S. Constitution, and potentially impose a president as a dictator. Law and order? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. And because we have a system catering to millionaires and billionaires... Millions are fearing the GOP or the greedy old perverts will get away with it. In contrast, let's face it, if an ordinary person like myself attempted to, you know, overthrow even a local election, it seems their ass would have been thrown in the slammer ASAP. While I hesitate to support anyone for president of either party or really any uh, political or philosophical background, and I, in fact, feel free to question if we should even have a president, the closest thing we have to a chance at challenging the oligarchy electorally, as laughable as that sounds, is to have a candidate who truly defies it and has mass support. No fake populism, please. If there is a possibility of an actual worthwhile presidential candidate, it has to come with a genuinely greater purpose other than feeding corruption by donors. And what would that purpose be? Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's to let the people see their good judgment is the correct judgment and that they have to get the country back from those who turned it into nothing but a money-making scheme for the already rich and well-connected. That's what I hope America will take to heart in the near future. Now, again... That sounds naive, and uh, I actually don't expect it to happen, based on, you know, a lot of what I've seen, but it's what I want. (laughs) Seems like a good idea to me.